Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Man's blog. What's up, Mitch? I'm Mitch. And then you've got... Little kid... No doubt, Kung Fu, Johnny Blaze, and the Jim Bell. Absolutely. Give us a call. Call in 347-838-8764. Call me now. We're pretty much ready to go here with this podcast. I love the podcast. I mean, we're just papers. What are you doing? Hope you're ready for the next episode. Too many, not not too long since you've last heard from us, but uh, coming at you with another edition of the session, coming at you live in 2015, January style. No, 2015. That's all we got tonight. That's it. That's it. And we were just doing the year 2000 (laughs) chance earlier. We're so proud of everyone that's been listening for the last, uh, literally like four years right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just coming from the old Bushead Brewery, did a little trivia night, and now we're going to give you the latest in entertainment and sports. Uh, last week gave you a bunch of trivia. Hopefully, Rob is going to be calling in tonight. Rob is supposed to be with us tonight, and we had another week of inclement weather little- every single week. Like, this year, we've not had a bad major weather. storm, but enough to be a pain in the butt. Just enough to influence, yeah. Just enough to influence our show every week, which is a tease because I really want like a foot of snow right now. I want like to get the sleds out and have a day off of work and shovel like my ass off. And, I think I'm with you there. I think you know, I'm with this, you. you got a big four wheel drive now, Mitch. You, you're a big boy. You can come over to my house and play. I actually, if I could, if I could talk my woman into letting me come over to your house, and fly. yeah. Tell her we have, um, we'll have outdoor fires so you can stand outside and watch people sled. Well, we have, like you know, we you know, inside we'll we'll make cocoa and right, we'll, yeah, yeah, uh, we have good food. I'm ready. Yes. I am so ready. Well, how does how does that work? Like, well, I mean, when we're when we're younger and we're kids, I mean, snow is everything and anything. See, I, if you can get I, that, I you am miss, still a kid. Which I still love that. I, like, I do too. I do. I love playing in the snow. I love getting my sled out. I love making trails. I'm gonna try to get on. We have all this PVC pipe, so I'm gonna make some like little grind well, rails for the snowboarder enthusiasts. Of course, enthusiasts. And, I, and I see it. But the impetus behind everyone getting behind yeah. snow is because you got to miss work or oh, school. Yeah. I lo- yeah, I love that. Are you in a job where you can miss school work? School work? Oh, I took the other day off. Like it was, um, it was two inches, but it was like this, like crisp, like weird powdery kind of like. It was. It wasn't wet snow. It was really super dry, but that made it extra slick because it just nothing, nothing was sticking, but nothing was stuck. 
I know, but so it was just real loose. Like I couldn't even stand on my driveway and just I like in boots. I just would slide down my driveway and like there's no way I'm going to take my truck down that. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean like well, especially in our area, I mean it became a matter of bad quick. We haven't had anything that's been really crazy. The ice has taken over. Yeah, my roommate got stuck. He was like in a section of some back roads he normally takes and was in a low spot which had hills on both sides and he. made the smarter choice and just pulled into a driveway and sat there for two hours, waited until a plow truck came through and salted. <laughs> we have, we have some that like, you, it, and even the plow truck got stuck on the hill. <laughs> and we haven't even had more than like, we have not had more than five inches of snow. No, <laughs> not one. Yeah. Not one of and, us is- and the kids have had like at least four days off and it's ridiculous. <laughs> How does that feel though? Like, so in, yeah. in the county where your daughter, when you guys were raised, like they messed up on the first. So day, that first day, yeah, there was, um, and now they seem to try like to like a, get it back. A by, third of the teachers yeah. couldn't make it in. So if your teacher didn't show up, you just sat in the lunchroom in the cafeteria for that period. Yeah, but like, and that's what they did. They're like, if your teacher's in here, you go to the the cafeteria and chill for yeah. a period. The over the overreaction that comes, and and this can touch the hearts of anybody. And and it's weird when you do a podcast, you have to figure out like what your audience is. We live in the Northern Virginia area. We're a little bit maybe like right in the threshold of where we're kind of a little bit south of that Northern Virginia area because we're not near DC. We're about forty miles. If you're west of DC, it's one thing. If you're Maryland, it's another. Yeah, right, right. But we have like you know, so we have. It's not like we've grown up. In Upper New York or New York, but we've had inclement weather where it can get crazy, and politics takes a definite hold in some of the situations with weather. And so, like, they, so oh, there are a lot of people that just around yeah. Here. There are just, there are a ton of new politicians in 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 the local <laughs> in the local bureauc- yes. bureaucracies, especially in the town I mean, or in the in the in the superintendents and the in the county school board. So you have a lot of people just on their first day of work came back and had to deal with a weather situation that was icy but no accumulation. And half of them came out unscathed. The other half are calling out school every day right now to try to get back. And there's no rationale behind it at all. It just just sits there. There's no weather but the temperature is like 20 degrees like no school. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. If you want to be part of the show, 347-838-8764. We're going to get into some entertainment, some Oscar nominations, get into the latest in sports. Yeah. Especially, not especially, we'll get into Deflated Gate just a little bit. Who cares? Super Bowl matchup is uh, on its way, um, but there's a lot going on but in yeah, sports. It's a big story. Absolutely. And there's a lot going on in sports, especially we just we just mentioned that we're in the D.C. area. And the Washington Nationals just may have just <laughs> like the solidified the best, you know, yeah, the best starting lineup in Major League Baseball, perhaps for the last uh, five years. And also popping up on the dial is the one, the only Rex Kelly, Robert Reagan. Are you on with me? Don't make me technical, technical Mitch. Give it to me. What's up? Rob, it's the first oh, it's the first time I think in weeks that I've been able to perform a technical move. 
I, mean, I just called in and uh, I hadn't like heard anything, and I heard like all this like DC politics talk, and I was like, "Is this from the Glockland group?" Or uh, did I? That's like the but, last. But then I understand minute. that you're talking about the snow or uh, the snow issues were recent. Well, I was trying to tie it all in. I saw you call in, and I also talked about the issues, and and especially you've seen it. We just mentioned locally where we're from, and we're watching a local politician, a superintendent of Loudoun County, which is one of the biggest counties in all of the nation, screw up and not call school off on that first ice day, and now he calls school off every single day. Like, he called school off last night on last Tuesday. That's how fast he called off this stuff. So we were just talking about like the like how, how crazy it is for local politicians to have to try to like appease the right. But you're right, issue two. Oh, that was my McLaughlin my my McLaughlin issue group. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We were going It's been a crazy it's been a crazy winter so far though with the snow because uh it's really happened at bizarre times, like it happened like right during uh, commute times or something where it's been hard for them to like predict properly or to uh, properly remove. So it does remind me of like when we were kids and we would get out for snow all the time. But there's been a couple of times recently where we have barely had any snow, but it's gotten like everybody out around here for like days, you know, wife included as a teacher. See, in my life, I started out, like, with heavy snow in Wisconsin, where I had to walk to school, because I live, like, three blocks away, basically, but I walked to school every day, even if there was, like, you know, like, the sidewalks had two feet of snow shoveled out, you know, and then I moved to Pennsylvania, and it was a little less, but I still, like, remember waiting out in, like, 20-degree temperatures for a bus to come in the middle of snow, no problem. So, it's like, yeah, today, I think it's so political based like with it well it's it's especially been reeling off uh in this style yeah and we weren't trying to get yeah i know but 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 it's like we were trying to like make it all full circle because even today we had that's today we had a little bit of inclement weather and 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 for your area and rob i was up in your area earlier today like around 11 o'clock and it was really bad but we have other people that are just like Loudoun County did not need to call out school yesterday. No, but we've had a weird weather pattern, and but but here's what happens: they've treated the road so much that now everything's pretty much going to be taken care of, unless you're in like a private area. Yeah, which I'm in, I guess. I mean, but it was slush. Next week, though, we're supposed to get some more. I'll be happy. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm ready. All right, Rob. So trivia night. We missed everybody. There was nobody around. It was just me and Noodle. That was it. It was Team Noodle. We started off in first place. Yeah, you guys do. We started off in first place after the first round. Like, yeah. you know, like the easier questions. And then we botched. We botched. Yeah, uh, we botched. Yeah, I don't know what happened. The Rob, like, you. Oh, yeah. We, the, we oh, sent you a picture. Category, really. like, category, yeah, it's a beer great. label, like, for the uh, the picture category. Yeah, beer labels. Like, yeah. Talk about a wheelhouse. It was one of those I have never seen before. Which one? What was the one that had like polo horses on it? Uh, Rob, that would be the old one. bust head chucker. It was the chucker. Oh, oh, that's, oh yeah. yeah. I was that's I was cool. sitting there, and you know, I'm like an asshole. Yeah. So the white. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was sitting there, and I was like, 
God, I've seen this. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Why can't I pull this? I know. And, and then somebody's like, look at the yes. fridge. You know our you know our mole. You know our leak? You know our way to a couple other answers every once in a while? She gave us the old chuckle. Uh. And we were we were both looked at each other like, God, we're such idiots. <laughs> I know, and, and because the whole time I was looking at Noodle, I was like, I know what this is. I know there's, like, I know there's I've a beer seen here. It. I've seen, I've seen it. this. I've seen it. This is Damn crazy. <laughs> All right, everyone, give us a call. If you want to talk about the chucker, you want to talk about anything else, we're going to get into some national mainstream stuff, maybe, I guess. Talk, talk a little maybe. bit about like entertainment, maybe some of the Oscar stuff. Give us a call, 347 uh, we might get into uh, we might get into some like you know maybe football talk maybe who's playing in the Super Bowl maybe deflated balls but first Rob we're talking I think we need to go a little Oscar style um, Oscars came out this week in our in the last few weeks we've gone Globes we've yeah, gone everything globes. else but that but we haven't really discussed it at all um the oscars come out this week don't have them in front of me um the biggest the oscar no- nominations the 87th academy yes. award nomination yes yeah for for this year 2015 nominations i do have them in front of me do we it. can talk about some of the major ones uh well for you got you got the best picture nominees and of course everybody is ablaze about uh american sniper right now and they actually snuck it in out to the theaters last week just in time to make it into uh, the uh, consideration for this year's Academy Award nominations. It is nominated for uh, Best Picture. That's American Sniper, directed by Clint Eastwood. Rob, uh, Rob, Bradley Cooper. Uh, have you seen that, Rob? Uh, uh, also, I, I'm in the process of reading American Sniper, and I was really hoping to be able to finish it. I saw it. Uh, before. You do. You saw it. I, I haven't seen it, it yet. I'm going to go ahead and see it just because it's what everybody's talking about, and I think it's a little bit different than the book from what I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing uh, so the book really is kind of like a technical uh, asset to go along with it. To, to, so, but I think that uh, it's like you know a little bit more story based with. Uh, so yeah, I, no, I want to see it, but I haven't seen it yet. No, I just didn't know. I wanted to have uh, like a conversation so, about it if we could. Well, yeah. yeah, we should definitely talk about other right. well, uh, movies. Uh, Birdman yeah. or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. That's the movie starring uh, uh, Michael Keaton that we've been talking about. I did see that. I'm a big fan of that movie. Boyhood, another movie that we've talked about on here. Yep. Uh, it's directed by Richard Linklater. That movie that took uh, what was it, Mitch? Like 12 years. It was like I think over the course of like 12 years to make this movie. Uh, Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel, uh, another movie the, uh, by, directed by Wes Anderson, uh, who we're, of course, big fans of. It's actually been re-released since its uh, nomination in the theaters. It's been out for quite some time, but it's out again. Uh, the Imitation Game, this is another movie that probably second to American Sniper is getting a lot of buzz right now. It's currently in the movie theater, theater and it got released just in time for Oscar consideration. Yeah. Uh, another movie uh, nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Selma, the uh, movie about Martin Luther King, directed by uh, Christian Coulson. Uh, the Theory of Everything, that's the uh, movie about... Um, uh, Everything. The uh, Yeah, I can't think of his name it's right not your now. Fault. Oh, Stephen Hawking. It's the movie about Stephen Hawking. I went, for, I went blank there for a second. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, nominated for uh, Best Picture. And uh, Whiplash, uh, 
It's the last movie uh, nominated for uh, Best Picture. It's a movie about a 19-year-old music uh, uh, student who is determined to become a great jazz drummer. Uh, uh, so that's your movies nominated for Best Picture. It, it, you know what? Uh, it, so we. Oh God! I'm sorry. So we're, it's so. Well, weird. it's just you know we we've talked about a lot a lot of these on here already, but uh, you you like you said you've seen American Sniper. I've like already commented that I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Birdman, and then you know we're going to get into it in some of these other categories too, where we're going to see multi nominations like Michael Keaton uh, going up in leading role for best actor uh, in uh, Birdman, going uh, up against uh, the likes of. Bradley Cooper, who was nominated for his work in American Sniper. No, and, I, and you know, it, it, and and maybe the the number one commentator on any of these Oscar issues is uh, probably pr- probably not going to be the most prevalent stuff. But you know, I give an outside opinion. Like, I mean, I mean, it's it seems in in, in the last week there's been a lot of controversy over uh, you know the lack of nominations from Selma. Um, even though Selma gets the Best Picture award, it it didn't make sense to me. I've had a lot of people tell me I would love Whiplash. People that know me and you are saying that that we would love Whiplash. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing that. The one of the big premises of these nominations have been the fact that there wasn't a bunch of blockbuster power behind it, and that was largely because American Sniper had hadn't been really fully released yet. It was the week. It was last week. American Sniper is definitely, you know, the movie that is the blockbuster that is is here right now. Uh, and I, in watching it, I've, I the movie is a great movie. It it, it, it it is fantastic. the The best actor nomination uh, is warranted. Could be one. It's not a movie to me, Rob. That's going to win Best Picture. Like, and I, it, it's almost in the same. Uh, uh, Oh, to me, uh, oh shoot! I'm I'm forgetting the World War II movie I just watched, but it's almost in the same boat to me as that. It's it's not going to win Best Picture. It doesn't deserve Unbroken. Best Picture. Yeah, Unbroken maybe. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Like the the and the the focus of stories when they're based on reality don't lend to like the awesome right you know when people can write a better story than it actually is so i think what what, what the fault of american sniper is the fact that it's just a true story and you can't make it better than it is and there's some moments in this story where i think you know you'd want like if it was a movie you would like make it go to an extra level and i i think it, I, I think it might falter there a little bit uh boyhood i saw rob and like the same thing with, with me. Rob. You, did you see Boyhood? I, I have it, and I haven't watched it yet. I've been. Uh, I need to sit down. I'm definitely going to see every movie that's nominated yeah, uh, for Best Picture before. So I have a lot of work to do. I've seen Grand Budapest Hotel. I've seen Birdman. I'm going to see American Sniper next. Um, but yeah, Whiplash, there's a couple of these movies that I need to see, like Whiplash, The Theory of Everything, uh, that I know are going to be really good. Uh, but I haven't seen yet. I know this, uh, Rob. This is the first time in the history of our show, and we've been going on for like four or five years that I've seen a couple of these, and and they actually all kind of relate because they're all like based off either true stories or with Boyhood. Boyhood is 
filmed so well, Rob, that it feels like a true story, you know, like a biopic of a kid growing up through his life. From like, So it's, it, it is really weird. So I, I want to see the other story. I want to see the other movies because I can't tell which yeah. ones are going to be like, you know, the slam dunk. Because I'm telling you, American Sniper is not a slam dunk. You're going to watch the movie. It's a great movie. Obviously, but it's not a slam dunk, Rob. You know, like I don't like not, not to like discredit it anyway, but it's not. And I saw Boyhood, and I love the concept. But I don't think it's a slam dunk either. Boy, Boyhood, yeah, and I don't want like with without without Rob saying it. Boyhood is cinematography is fantastic. Yeah, the fact that they filmed for twelve years is unbelievable, Rob. Yeah, Butch but there was not much that. of a story. No, there's not much of a story. It's just it's kind of the story. Well, it, it uh, like uh, Richard Linklater is so so uh, has has really uh, laid so much work in like independent filmmaking and just the concepts of a film, a project that takes twelve years. Uh, I think is really going to be a story that the Academy is going to like. In my opinion, you know, also this is a field that's been widened by like, I think two, uh, they've added like two, you know, extra movies just to kind of build it up as to what it was in the past. Uh, uh, so it's a wider, it's a broader category now, but I really think that, uh, in my opinion, uh, in, again, not having seen like all these movies, but just from like what I know about them, I really think it's the race is going to come down to, Birdman, which I have seen and I think is an incredible uh, movie, and it's just an all-star force of uh, of acting. It, just the acting in the in the pro- the production of how they orchestrate it. I think it's like really a movie that the Academy Awards going to like a lot. I actually attribute. I, I kind of compare movie Birdman to a movie that Oscar liked a couple years ago a whole lot. Uh, uh, Black Swan. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah. Where it's just kind of got a, it's a really, mm-hmm. you know, force of acting and just conceptually, it's a very artistic uh, type of movie, just a different, a different take. Uh, I think it's going to do really well. Now, you've, you've seen American Sniper, but I think American Sniper, it's timing and, and it coming out and it being such a hot button issue that so many people have sparked to talk about. But that's just going to be fuel to the fire uh, for, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's a perfect storm that can really work. I think it has enough kindling. Sorry. When you start a network from scratch in a world that's dominated by some big competitors, you've got to be different. It takes a lot of innovation, a lot of collaboration, and it takes a lot of... Game is another movie that is going to get a lot of, like, uh, uh, people who are members of the Academy are really going to like this movie a lot. Um, I think, in my opinion, it's going to come down to those three films, uh, but not having seen American Sniper yet and, like, taking some of, like, your... Uh, uh, Expert opinion, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, your opinion from it. Uh, I think Birdman is really the movie to beat, and I think that maybe the Imitation Game might be the only other movie that can. Like Boyhood is just so it, it's just not probably. It's a really awesome idea that I think a lot of people are going to like a lot, uh, but um, I just don't think it's big enough to win the Oscar if this was an Independent Spirit Award, uh, possibly Grand Budapest Pest Hotel. It's already been out so long, and I think people have stopped. It, 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 when, it, when it was hot, it was a very 
uh, yeah, I'd forgotten Division Bell-type movie where there were some people who really like it. Basically, what it comes down to is if you like Wes Anderson films, you'd like Grand Budapest Hotel. If you don't, you don't really get it, and it's hard for you to get through. Uh, I don't think that this movie is truly uh, in, cont- in contention. Uh, the theory of everything is it, it, it's going to be one of those movies that where you have, and, and again, I think the actor uh, Eddie Redmayne uh, has been nominated for his portrayal of Stephen Hawking in this movie. And, and this is one of those things, too, where it's almost hard to really judge when somebody plays a, like, somebody who is, uh, uh, has a special uh, case or a, a, a handicap. Uh, it's really hard to tell how good, you, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell if it's an easier role to play or if it's a harder role to play. Uh, because we're essentially talking about somebody who is uh, paralyzed and stricken in a in a wheelchair and has to speak through, um, or you know, through computer. Stephen Hawkins uh, has been pretty well documented, though. You yeah. know, for his yeah. later life, at uh, least. Yeah. But it's so hard to compare that role, somebody playing like a nonverbal, almost emotionless, and uh, role to somebody who is, you know. Spitting out lines of, uh, I mean, there are scenes with Michael Keaton where it's just monologue after monologue, and it rolls in, you know, the one scene to another, uh, and he's just. If you are a fan of like his style, his almost like high blood pressure type, like manic style, it's a real tour de force for him. Uh, also, in that lead actor uh, category. Uh, in a movie that I think we need to see, Mitch, if you haven't seen it yet, it's Foxcatcher. I've heard this movie is incredible. Uh, talking and about doing Steve that Carell is nominated for an Oscar for uh, leading role as an actor in a movie where he's a not. He's, it's not a comic performance. He's not. It's not a funny movie. It's not a comedy. It's a serious, dramatic role. Right. Uh, and it's about wrestling. Uh, but I think Bradley Cooper. It's going to be hard. Just knowing that this is a real person who recently put passed away. Uh, this a very emotional story is being brought to the big screen in such a quick turnaround. I think the Academy has really come to like uh, Bradley Cooper for his past work already. I think he's just one of those guys that he's already you know in there. Uh, and the timing, I just think it's going to burn a lot, and it really just—it's almost at a teetering point. You know, it, it's just we have to see how it plays out in that meantime. But I think that. I think that have not again not having seen American Sniper yet. I think American Sniper is a movie that can come into the Oscars and steal a couple of awards at this point that maybe it shouldn't have. Yeah, I think Bradley, maybe it shouldn't have just because of the emotion that it's able to create at this point and the no, fire that it's going to it's going to start. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about too. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, since the last time show, I mean, the fire it's been starting is amazing. I mean, Bradley Cooper is probably going to win the best actor award. I don't think the rest of the cinematography and maybe um, other aspects of the film are going to win awards. It's not going to win best picture. And uh, you'll, you'll see why. I mean, it's a good movie. It's but a for really who he's been and what actors. he did in this movie, he probably wins. No, he's amazing at interpreting the character and uh, it does a phenomenal job. He's going to win it for sure. Rob boy, boyhood. And I talked about it just a little bit ago and in, it is probably the most accurate piece on a kid growing up from the age of like 
6 to 18 that you'll ever see in your life. And I think some people are going to have some problems with these these movies is because they were kind of like you're watching documentaries. Like with Boyhood you're watching kind of a documentary. Mm-hmm. With with uh with the movie with with, with uh um uh, American Sniper it almost feels like a documentary. I'm wondering if one of these movies that actually has kind of like an innovative thought and you know not just based off of like real things kind of slam in here and like win um, because it does seem like American Sniper is going to be like the favorite. But Rob, do you think yeah. like something more theatrical and something with like some more innovation rather than just like based off of true things can come in and like steal the show here? Well, I'm telling you, uh, I'm. I'm I'm a really big fan of Birdman, yeah. and just knowing the type of movie that the Academy likes, uh, it is the type of original. It's original and almost like, or, or, it's almost like this. It fits almost like this uh, template that that the Academy really likes. If you look over time, like what they kind of gravitate towards, I think Birdman really has a good chance to win Best Picture, and I think it. it I mean. You know, maybe this is one of those categories where uh, Birdman or another movie wins Best Picture, but because of so much emotion attached to the film, that Bradley Cooper wins Best Actor. But I don't discount Michael Keaton. He is very deserving uh, for his performance uh, in Birdman. It is, it, it's a tour de force. It's very powerful. Uh, he's also going up against, like I said, Eddie Redmayne from uh, The Theory of Everything, Steve Carell. Who I hear is just incredible and thoughts uh, catcher, uh, and uh, Benedict Cumberpatch, which is, which is becoming a really hot name right now in, in his work in the Imitation Game. Uh, Imitation Game Two is a dark horse. I think that's my. I really think could w- w- win some uh, awards. Yeah, my I think that's where I want to go, Rob. Like, out of all of them, I want to see Imitation Game. I think Cumberbatch it's just for whatever. Still currently in the theater. Some of these movies are being re-released to the theaters right now. Like you can go and see uh, Grand Budapest Hotel currently right now. I believe the Imitation Game is still out, and of course American Sniper, Birdman's still out at the movie theater. Uh, Selma as well. And then some of these movies are going to be coming out early. They're going to be quick to uh, DVD. You can get uh, Boyhood already out on. Uh, 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 digital and DVD. Yeah, I've had that. Uh, I believe they're going to do the same thing with Selma and the Theory of Everything and uh, Whiplash as well, where it, you can get it in a red box or on uh, iTunes sometime soon. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of competition there. In my opinion, it's going to come down to Bradley Cooper and Michael Keaton. And uh, same thing with uh, I think that I think a Birdman really is going to be a movie that the Academy will like. And uh, it's just. It, it, in, in my opinion, it is the uh, kind of like the movie that probably uh, fits best to win uh, Best Picture right. or the movie that is on the most emotional uh, uh, ride right now, which is American Sniper. So I think that's what you really have uh, going head-to-head, but don't discount the mm-hmm. imitation game. In my opinion, those are the three movies to look at, look for for. Uh, for Best Picture. And it really, in my opinion, it, it's going to come down to Bradley Cooper and Michael Keaton, but Steve yeah. Carell, too, is somebody who really could be uh, a dark horse candidate for that lead actor. I, it always gets a little bit more interesting, too, when you start looking at actresses, yeah. too, because uh, yeah. uh, we've talked to, I think, in pre- previous weeks, Julianne Moore, 
uh, really good uh, strong performance in Still Alice. Uh, of course, um, uh, Reese Witherspoon uh, is nominated for The, the Wild. Wild. Yeah. Roseman Pike is nominated for Gone Girl, a movie that I really didn't like at all. I really did not like this movie at all. But she was probably one of the better aspects of the movie, but just not a real big fan of that movie at all. Uh, Marion uh, Cotillard for Two Days and One Night, and Felicity Jones for The Theory of Everything. Probably going to come down to uh, uh, Julianne Moore versus Reese Witherspoon in this category, in my opinion. Did you get into, and I know we just went into the women category, did you get into, or what's your comment on the fact that when the Academy is looking at the nominations this year, despite the fact that in the last 15 years it has gone up for African-Americans to get nominated for more awards, uh, this year was slighted because Selma only got the Best Picture Award nomination, and especially not for Director and also Best Actor, which people are being um, uh, critical of. Uh, Rob, like, and it's not, I'm not even trying to ask you like what your thoughts I mean, I'm not trying to ask you what your opinions are on it, though. Um, just, like, kind of what your thoughts on that whole um, situation that, that popped up, especially right after the nominations occurred when Selma only got one award. I'm kind of... Uh, I haven't seen Selma yet. Uh, it looks like a good movie. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely looks like one of those... Uh, I think that all these movies that are nominated for Best Picture are... I, are fitting of that role. You know, I can see the reason behind all of them, Selma, because it's based on, you know, a, uh, uh, a historical event, uh, the theory of everything, because it's a portrayal of, you know, this person that's, an, you know, an enigma of science, you know, that people have really known little, little about. Boyhood, because it's an independent undertaking of, like, uh, a masterful movie experience that took so long to create and it's such a gamble if you're going to be able to pull it off in the end because who knows if somebody dies what if the boy dies you know in that in that 12 <laughs> years you know then what, what do you do with the movie uh and uh there's just so many reasons that i see like all these movies doing well but i on i'm a, i mean i believe that there's still obviously issues of uh of uh, there's there's racism and there's prefer, preferential treatment of race and stuff in some places, uh, but I think that honestly, in something like the Academy Awards, in an entertainment field, I can only look at my own. I don't look at it like the black movie or or the white movie, or I don't really take it in, in those terms. And I don't look at Selma or even consider like Martin Luther King as being like it as much as he was. You know, attached to the 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 black civil rights movement, I don't think of that as like the. I don't think of that as not me not being involved or affected by that. You know, I think of it being the civil right, rights of pe people. You know, and I think that like the greater half of, or I'd like to think the greater half of people, especially like people involved in the Academy Awards, are probably forward-thinking people. Uh, like me, or like I think I, I am, or, or I am not a big fan of like, uh, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For, I'm not a big fan of, um, uh, affirmative action. And I don't believe that we need to elect people or movies 
just because they don't there isn't there isn't representation of a race. You know, I believe that you just leave it up to the best movie and the best person to win, and that you know, I believe that it'll work. It's, uh, there are much more uh, uh, prominent black and you know other race uh, of actors have chances at roles and stuff, but I don't believe it's an ignored uh, thing. But I believe that you should win on your own merit. You know, there was a couple years back. And I can't remember what the movie... Oh, it's whatever the Precious movie was. You remember when Precious was out? I can't even remember how long oh, ago that yeah, was. Like yeah, 2003 yeah. like years ago. Yeah. or something. or yeah. I don't know when it was. Okay. But there was... I'm not a big Tyler Perry fan. I don't watch uh, a lot of his... I've seen his movies. You've seen them all, uh, please. He has TV shows and movies and stuff. Some of them are, seem like painfully bad. I will say that he was an actor in that movie uh, Gone Girl that I hated. But he was absolutely the best thing about the movie. He, he put on a really good performance in a really bad movie, in my opinion. Uh, but there was a couple of years back where it, he, uh, and I understand that he is very uh, rooted in, like, the, the, the black film movement. Or, you know, he's, in my opinion, he's very, like, uh, uh, not open to, to, to the, I think he's, I, I, in many ways, I find him racist. I don't think that he is like, there, there are some movies where I see that he works with white actors and stuff, but for the most part, it seems like he has a negative opinion of working or mixing those, uh, mixing races, you know, to work on movies and stuff. But the, in particular, whatever the year was where Precious was nominated, he really seemed to put on a display at the Academy Awards where he was separating himself and other black actors uh, and kind of rooting for the black ticket or the black card as opposed to really what I felt was, you know, rooting for whatever was the best. And, and, and that's fine if that's what you do. I don't know if you can really consider that racism or not, but I think it's so much more uh, detrimental. It's kind of closing doors as opposed to opening doors. Uh, but I don't think that anybody uh, or any movie should be there just because we need more right. representation of a race or a person. No, and you're right. And with the Selma thing, it was it was it was kind of weird. And you and you talk about it not seeing any of the movies of you know of, you know of, of, of the guy that puts out all the the fat movies with African American people in it. But with Selma, a lot of people have not seen this movie yet, and a lot of people reacted in a sense where it was like they could not believe that there weren't a, where there wasn't a best actor, a best director nomination. They couldn't believe that there was all these things going wrong. This movie got nominated for the best picture of the year. And I know it's got a sting in other yeah. things, but it is all based on people's opinions and award shows are based on opinions. And if you give a movie the ultimate the ultimate acknowledgement yeah it does stink if you don't do it on the in the other senses and we've talked about that before there's been clint eastwood movies that were nominated for best picture when he wasn't nominated before he got the win it's happened but it's happened to all sorts of races rob right like you know like if selma got snubbed from a to z that would be one thing Selma got nominated for the best p- 
picture of the year. They should just be happy. Everyone on that set and on that film crew and directors, actors, just what I, I can't understand. Just appreciate that. Why yeah. there has to be a controversy? That, that that's the Super Bowl of awards to win. You know, it's not. Yeah. We're not talking about making the Pro Bowl by winning Best Actor or Best Director. We're talking about it's the best overall movie-related uh, award of the year, you know? Right. Right, right. Like, exactly. So I understand people being upset, and I understand to an extent when you look at how many nominations are out there and, and how many are of the persuasion of not white people, and that is what the – that was the biggest – controversy after the Oscar award ceremony. But I think you'll see a lot of people being snubbed. I mean, there was, there was a, there's a ton of people that thought unbroken was going to win every award in the world. You know, it it was a, wasn't a great movie and it didn't get it awarded. Like it doesn't have to do with anything with race and stuff. It's a good story, but sometimes the movie doesn't add up. And like you know, to at least at least nominations, Rob. Like it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Three and a half out of four stars is a great movie. It doesn't get nominated for Academy Awards. I think people are just getting bent out of shape, and it, it, it's tough to weigh in on opinions, especially when the race card has been implemented, which it has been in a lot of these a movie lot. situations the last month. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I missed. Was there a question? I was listening to Tupac. Dude, you listened to Tupac the whole time? <laughs> no, no. I was. It, did you guys see the basketball game the other night where they asked the guy? Never mind. I did. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I am with you there. <laughs> what you did? It wasn't. It wasn't on. It wasn't on deaf ears. Your joke was not on deaf ears. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> no. I no. I know. I know. It's. It, you know. Three white dudes talking about, like, and that's Shoot. pretty much in entertainment this week has been a lot of racial controversy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we'll have to get someone like to uh, give their thoughts on it. Um, I would like to see Selma just to be able to, to know for sure if it got slighted. I haven't. I've only seen um, not Twelve Years a Slave. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Linklater movie. Boyhood. Rob, did you see where I went with that? Did you like that one? Alright, and for the first time ever, I've seen like two of the five nominations before it comes out. I like it. I don't know if there's a racist five, Rob. I'm going to have to watch them all. But there's only one blockbuster, and, and that is American Sniper. And American Sniper was aided definitely by some controversy this week. Especially with Michael Moore coming out talking about his grandfather being killed by snipers and I just hate Michael Moore so I'll just put it out there. I'm not right winged or anything. I just can't stand him. One guy I do love is Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen comes out and talks about it looking like a scene from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Which, when he said that, made you kind of like do a hmm. Hmm. I think Michael Moore's reaction was a completely you know, left wing, whatever. And that's fine. I 
don't think Seth Rogen's was in that same light. But Rob, do you think the controversy of both these two acting up like led to this being the biggest release in February history or January, whatever month we're in? I, I think for uh, I don't know about the Seth Rogen thing. I'll say that for the Michael Moore thing, uh, he is he enjoys. Uh, he's almost like the, he's almost like I liken him to like a, a professional wrestler who is just totally into playing the heel. Yeah. Okay, so somebody who just comes out and is like, "Oh, Chicago, you suck!" and uh, "Deep dish pizzas." Horrible, and the Cubs are never going to win the World Series. Okay, he is—he's uh, a—he's a true heel. He's a natural heel, and he enjoys uh, people complaining about him. Okay, so uh, it, it, he is the type of person who it's—he is—he loves creating uh, free publicity, and he knows that if he says something uh, completely absurd, uh, uh, it, it, that it, I mean, regardless of what your feelings are. Uh, he just knows that that's a, a polarizing type topic that even people who might would normally side with him would have a hard time like aligning themselves with with something like that. Totally, uh, he it's exactly what he wants. He wants to see everybody retweeting all the uh, you know nasty comments that uh, Clint Eastwood says about him or or uh, or James Woods talking about him or whatever. He loves that. He feeds off that. Now the Seth Rogen side of it. I, don't, I love Seth Rogen. I think he's awesome. But when it comes down to it, he's a Canadian. And if you've ever known yeah, Canadians, yeah. Uh, Canadians have a very, them. like, uh, it's almost a passive-aggressive type uh, uh, where they, they're very cool, easygoing people. Uh, and you, you, you think you could, like, talk to them about it, anything. But they're always quick to want to, like, uh, come to your country and, like, uh, uh, make money, like, uh, in all your jobs and stuff. Warm but when times are good, you know, they're quick to be like, oh, yeah, this America thing is great. Uh, but when times are bad, they're like, oh, America, you don't know how to get it right. Now, sometimes I get some, like, crazy. I do get a little bit of the crazy Canadian vibe from Seth Rogen sometimes. But I, I don't know exactly. Oh, dude. But for sure. I'll tell you that there is so much people, there's so much that people are tied up into the emotion uh, of this. And I'm going to say a couple things right now about American Sniper that I don't think are in any way going to be as harsh as, like, uh, what uh, Michael Moore or Seth Rogen said, uh, but I hope people don't take offense to him. It's just like I, I'm trying to like look at things. I'm just trying to level things out in a way where people can like open their mind up and uh, think about them a little bit le- differently. You know? Okay. Uh, and I'm in the process of reading American Sniper, and uh, and uh, I was a big fan of Chris Kyle before he wrote the book. You know, I had heard of him before he had ever wrote the book. Uh, I heard him on his press tour. When he when the book was released, um, and I remember like hearing about him when he and knowing you know when he was killed like oh that's well, that style that that dude and, Rob, and I just heard it on the radio and, and Rob Rob before you get into like and remember me you and Brandon we were like enthralled with the nineteen with the Vietnam guy uh, and I'm gonna, is it Hathcock is that the sniper's name like the one that had the sniper kill record before Kyle. Wasn't it Carlos Hathcock? Like it was something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, like it really. I I really think it was like like we were like enthralled with it even when we were like eighth grade. I think it's the kid's name was Hathcock that who uh, uh, he broke the record. Well, a couple things too. Like to, to, to take into consideration, like uh, uh, I, I, he, 
I was a big fan of Chris Kyle. I was really sad to hear about him passing. And he was doing, you know, he, he was working with, uh, with uh, veterans with PTSD when he was killed uh, by, a, you know, a veteran with PTSD. Uh, the, uh, I think that there is there's, there's, there's some controversy. Now, now, he wrote the book with some writers, you know, and uh, in the book there's, you know, some details are like, you know, uh, 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 for instance, he has a count of it's an official like a military count of yeah, how many real, people he killed. Yeah, it's real. Uh, he claims that it was it was it was a lot more than that, like three hundred uh, some. There's also a part in the there's also a part in the book where he talks about being at this uh, bar in Colorado where uh, he got into like a scuffle with somebody because he it was a it was a uh, <clears throat> it was a um, I can't remember now. Uh, anyway, he got in this couple with somebody who was talking bad about uh, uh, snipers or uh, uh, the military. And later on, he didn't name the person in it, but later on, on Opie and Anthony, and then again on uh, uh, what's the uh, uh, it was on uh, Fox? Who's the Fox reporter? Anyway, in the interview, Bill O'Reilly, he outed it as being, Nancy Grace. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly. He yeah. outed it as being. Uh, What's his name? The uh, wrestler, uh, Minnesota governor. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they're in a, they're, they're in a huge lawsuit Jesse right Ventura. now. Yeah, with Jesse Ventura. Well, no, the lawsuit the, the lawsuit has been has been the lawsuit uh, basically was uncontested. Here's the thing: it's thing. going on right he, now, though. He well, he sued Chris Kyle, and uh, Chris Kyle refused, after he made the, the reports that it was uh, Jesse Ventura. Uh, there were he had there, there there were witnesses on both sides who said there was one person who said yeah he saw him hit Governor Ventura. There were witnesses that Governor Ventura was not even there at the time that supposedly happened. There were witnesses who were there who said no he didn't hit uh, Justin Ventura. Well, what uh, kind of witnesses are it, these? But, it was people who were at the bar. There was one person who was who originally was trying to corroborate the story, but he never like came. He never like made an official like uh, yeah. court uh, test, testimony. Uh, so basically, uh, now the lawsuit has switched over to uh, the, the the publisher, but it can't go against the publisher because the publisher never wrote that it was Jesse Ventura. So the the it was against the. Uh, the, it was against Chris Kyle and his estate, basically. But Ventura is essentially going to win because it was never it, it was never corroborated, basically. Okay, so that's one instance of where he may not have been telling the truth. There are some also some other instances that he was claiming that he he Chris Kyle claims that during Katrina that he was on top of the. Uh, the dome, the, what is it, the Superdome in New Orleans, and that he, like, shot, like, 29 rioters or something, like, people who were looting buildings. Uh, that's another story that was not, like, corroborated by, like, any law. You know, you would think that there would have been some sort of... Uh, uh, Investigation. You know, documentation of this or something where, you know, he would have even been, you know, whatever. They said he was acting within the law or whatever. But that's something that he claimed that he did that people can't find to corroborate. It also claims that one time 
uh, he killed like two people who were uh, robbing a gas station that he went to. Yeah, I've heard. And there's no like, there's no like police report of it. Uh, so there's a couple things where he may have taken artistic liberty in uh, in his story. There's also people who claim that his writers may have tried to bilk it up a little bit to to make it a little bit more uh, of a dramatized story. And there are claims that uh, um, uh, Clint Eastwood did a little bit of uh, dramatization of his own. And I can't, I haven't yeah. finished the book to really compare it against the movie itself. But uh, you know, it, apparently he made more of a story of it just because he couldn't. You know, it's interesting that you said that it seems documentary type style because that's how the book reads. It's just a bunch of information, and I couldn't see it really be. You know, he had well, to really kind of focus in on the best elements of the story that he could take. Yeah, you know? and, and, and and you'll see it. I mean, and also with what you're talking about, I mean, that's been you know documented. the the biggest The biggest uh, part of the whole American Sniper thing is the baby, the fake baby that's <laughs> the fake, been <laughs> the coming baby. out there. But the uh, the baby isn't the only thing. I mean, you have to take artistic license with it a little ways, um, especially with the rival sniper, and that's and also, what's going to happen. Also, also, when you're reading the the book, you know I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, like I said, I was a big fan of Chris Kyle, and I'm a big you know fan of America and and our military and stuff. But when I'm reading the book, I also try to take the book. You know, I'll read a chapter or two at a time, and then I'll kind of it, it, it's really strong stuff. It's like a you know it's pretty like, it, and it's almost cold. Okay, it's like hard to read something. It it, it, it it has a coldness to it, you know, where you're just kind of, you know, shocked by it a little yeah. bit to read it. But it's kind of one of those things that you have to kind of accept, like, well, the, the, it's something he's doing for us. But if also if you sit back and kind of start to think about, like, well, what if, what if he wasn't an American? What if we were talking about somebody of a different nation and it was our country that he was invading or it was our people that he was shooting uh, you know, it's a really strange, uh, it's a really strange, it's a really strange thing, you know, and it's, uh, I definitely think that Chris Kyle was a hero, um, but I think that there is a lot of emotion that's kind of, there's an emotion type, little type storm that's kind of built, and it's kind of riding a wave right now, well, and, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the finished, uh, product of this, when the, when the storm kind of settles down, uh, where everybody's kind of where, where the majority sentiment. Well, I mean, it. no, and, and, and the sentiment should lie. I mean, right now it's it's about the Iraq War, which is definitely uh, you know on everyone's mind in the last in the last ten fifteen years or whatever. But when you're someone that's serving your nation, whether or not you took advantage of the moment and wrote a book and maybe made yourself. Yeah. What happened? What, what happened is he made himself a public figure. the The movie comes out and makes him look like a guy that just went, did his job, came back, had PTSD, served the VA, had a weird guy, and then shot him in the face. I mean, that's like kind of what the movie kind of shows. It doesn't show the true story, which what you're reading right now, which is he served his nation not blindly, but one hundred percent. 
But when he got out of it, he also like took advantage of the nation and also made a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. Was able to like you know write you know make himself better. I mean, so the movie doesn't like highlight a lot of the stuff that you're going to read, but it is unfortunate that people are going to look at him in his in wartime and and make a statement of morality behind yeah. what he was doing. He's, I mean. And, and and growing up Christian or not or whatever, I mean, I grew up in Catholic school. I don't like. I'm not following in that now in my life, probably as much as I should be, or I don't consider myself a Catholic kid anymore. I but I remember asking specifically about the time of war. And Robin, the only reason I was asking that is because Desert Storm was going on. It was probably the last times, if it was Desert Storm or was it was the last times I was probably in connection with the church. You know what I mean? It was like ninth, tenth grade, like right at the end of where I just kind of stopped going because it was inconvenient in my life. But th- you're you're taught to believe if your country goes to war, you don't have to absolve yourself of the sins of killing somebody. Yeah. And that's something I specifically asked when I was confirmed. And and I don't, or, or you know like. So when people get involved in this, it shows you how secular the divide is right now because this movie coming out in the early 80s or whatever, people just look at this guy and be like, he's doing what he should do for his, co- for his country. There should be no uh, argument over it. No. But now there are people actually looking at it like he's a criminal because this war was so divisive and we shouldn't have been there in the first place. But the soldier doesn't know the difference. No, soldier is going with whatever his president is telling him to do. And I feel there's a really weird element we're dealing with right now where people are actually giving it's, it's and no, and, and, and by no means am I, am I saying it's the first because in, because in Vietnam that troops were spit on. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the first time people have targeted their venom towards soldiers, but they're doing it again here right now. And I don't disagree with like Chris Kyle and those guys calling them savages, doing whatever they're doing. That's just a realistic interpretation of what's going on. But it seems like, Rob, right now, you're seeing kind of a Vietnam thing where the soldiers are kind of being chastised for having a hundred percent government government uh, you know, loving their loving their country and doing anything to protect the government. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can, I, I, I see, I see, I think we're just at a weird uh, uh, time right now in our country where there's a lot of uh, polarizing uh, topics that people try to attach themselves to. And I think that a lot of people get lost in, like, politics as opposed to, like, uh, service of your country, you know? So, like... Yeah. I think that, that I think that too many times people are caught up in the uh, uh, the minute problems as opposed to the broad picture or the broad scope. No, no you know, in, in 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 the discussion, like Chris Kyle is an interesting topic. Like, if the guy doesn't pass away yeah. tragically, and it's definitely tragic. He his story is phenomenal. I mean, it's going to be made into some sort of movie, regardless if he passes yeah. away or not. Um, him passing away makes it 
something that you can put on the forefront of everyone's minds. It's super relevant, yeah. And it's just it's just it's just relevant in all means. And uh relevant in all means like deflated footballs 11 out of 12 (laughs) um we're gonna go to a quick break rob you're gonna stick around we're gonna do a little talk about the upcoming super bowl matchup maybe some uh there's controversy everywhere you go lord deflating footballs people passing away and dying in uh in war-torn situations imagine that i don't know how i laughed during that i do apologize give us a call 347-838-8764. 347-838-8764. We're going to come back. Talk a little, not necessarily sports. Right after this, we'll be back. You're listening to the session. Brooklyn represent y'all. Hit you for you crazy. Think a little bit of rhymes can play me. I'm from Marcy. I'm varsity chump. You JV. Trigger Jay Z. Nigga, name in. My best stop flows malicious. Delicious. Fuck three wishes. Made my road to riches. From 62 to gym stars. My mom's dishes. Grand chopping. Police van docking. D's at my doors knocking. Keep rocking. Yeah, no more mister. Nice guy. Twist your shit. The fuck back with the pistols. Blazing. Hot like Cajun. Hotter than even hot. And work at the days in with New York plates outside. Get up out of there. Fucking ride. Keep your hands high. Shit gets steeper. Here comes the Grim Reaper. Frank White. Leave the keys to your innkeeper. That's right. Chill, homie. The bitch in the Shoney's told me you're holding more drugs than the pharmacy. You ain't harming me, so pardon me. Pass the same. Started running bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from Take me into your loving arms. Holy shit, somebody turn this off. I can't believe Ed Sheeran. Please, Mitch, turn I'm so sorry. I don't know how Ed Sheeran just got onto the local airway. What is up with your rotation? <laughs> this is not Wu-Tang. I have no idea how this, this happened. This is nowhere near Wu-Tang. I have no idea how this happened. Ed Sheeran will not infiltrate the session, especially when not necessarily sports is about to come on. And we're going to bring back Rob, the one and only Reagan. Rex. Rex, the one and only Kelly. Rob, I know. You're with me. I can feel you. You like you like this, Ed Sheeran? Rob can feel Do you like it? it? Yeah, it's awesome. It is, an, it, isn't it? All right. You know what's awesome? This intro from 1999. We'll be back. Not necessarily sports. Coming at you in like 27 seconds. I have to erase the TM part. Make me erase the TM part. Oh, damn it. I suck. Call me now. We're pretty much ready to go here with this podcast. I need the podcast. I need this paper. You be ready for the next episode. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Life is old Oh, that's what happens. That's what happens when I'm left all. You love it, don't you? 
Sí. Oh, I love it. I was just giving a little allegiance to our West Virginia Mountaineer roots. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So, Blue Mock Draft Mitch had Oakland taking the West Virginia wide receiver. Kevin White, number four overall. Wait, I'm bringing you back up, Bob. Are you with me? Yeah, did you did you know that the guy who plays uh, Bradley Cooper's father? Yeah, he was the old WVU quarterback. Is a, yeah, old WVU quarterback. So Rob, like, and I wish I could credit that and know that for my like entire life. Uh, Rob, a very familiar looking actor. Has he been in other stuff? That guy looks like someone that I've seen before, and he always looks like he's kind of like a dick. I'm not sure. Damn it, dynamite. Damn it. I was going to look it up real quick. At least you could have given me like 12 seconds to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, all right. We're going to move on. It's not necessarily sports. Give us a call here. We're going to talk about some sports. We're going to have to talk about Deflategate, I guess. I don't want to. I, I would rather talk about the fantastic... NFC Championship game and the terrible AFC Championship game without having to bring that up. But we have to bring it up. Super Bowl matchup is on our minds. Uh, the Washington Nationals have maybe made themselves the most formidable team in all of Major League Baseball with the signing of Max Scherzer. Especially they have the, uh, no doubt they have the best pitching lineup. Want to talk about that. A lot more. Caps. We've only done a couple shows in the last few weeks. The Washington Capitals may be the best team in hockey right now, at least momentum-wise. So a lot of good stuff going on in D.C. Rob, bringing you back on 347-838-8764. Somehow the frickin' Redskins dominate... The landscape, and I don't get it. I didn't even mention the Wizards now because they're, they're, they're doing better than anybody else. But the Redskins sign a, a defensive coordinator. What's it, Barry? I don't know. Uh, how, does it, how does it, how does it uh, dominate? Are you impressed with the signing of the new defensive coordinator? Um, <clears throat> the jury's still out. Uh, uh, San Diego has uh, been here's what it comes down to for me. Uh, everybody thinks that uh, uh, there's a lot of like telltale signs of like them being spurned uh, by uh, um, what's his name, Vic uh, Fangio. Uh, Vic Fangio. Fangio. Yeah. Um, and here's what it comes down to for me is that. Uh, the uh, he is a person who is, with uh, San Francisco. He had so many uh, first round draft picks on that team, and 
And, uh, you know, they were underperforming this year. Um, and uh, they had times when they didn't really perform up to their uh, potential, in my opinion. Now, Barry is uh, in San Diego. Uh, he's done some interesting things there uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, uh, so, what, the linebackers coach, and uh, in, in specifically in, in doing more with less. Uh, the, the scary thing is uh, that he was actually uh, defensive coach in Detroit, Detroit that yeah. year that Detroit went defeated. Uh, uh, but you know, here's the thing: uh, Vic uh, was um, like sixty some years old. Uh, Barry's like forty four years old. He was thirty five years old when he was uh, coaching in Detroit. Uh, the dude's young. He, he, he's young enough to get a second uh, crack at it. Uh, it is. Uh, it's. It's supposed to be uh, uh, Jay Gruden's uh, position to hire. You know. Now, now we have the new GM uh, Scott McLuhan, and he can have some influence over that. Uh, but he even stated that it's the head coach's uh, staff to fill out. Now I have heard, and I kind of tend to believe that the interview. With uh, Vic Fazio didn't go super well. That there was a little level of like arrogance, maybe, yeah. and that he left without an offer. Uh, but it was still kind of like up in the air. You know that they would like to have him come back. Now, supposedly, the Gruden family has ties with, uh, uh, and Jay Gruden was on a staff uh, that included his. He was on his brother's staff where uh, Barry was a coach uh, as well. Uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit well, more. Barry's tied with Bruce Allen, yeah. Idea. I mean, so in that respect, Bruce, he's ter- tied with Bruce Allen, with, with with Bruce Allen a little bit too, and that's like a lot of people's. Uh, I mean, it, it, skepticism in our area, and it, I guess rightfully so. I mean, the, the the franchise hasn't really, you know, lived up to its task for the no. last few years, but. It has been nice to hear that the that the players that have played under him and the sentiment in San Diego was that he was going to be picked apart and be a defensive coordinator at some point. If this is a year or two too early, too early, who cares? This guy had the talent to rebound from the disappointment in Detroit for a team that had no talent. So, you know, I mean, like, the jury's still out. Like, people just love to just pile on and just jump on stuff. It's a defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Come on. Players need to be good. Uh, I like the fresh approach. Let's give this kid a chance. And uh, I'm all for it, especially if players like him, especially if San Diego players are coming out and saying they miss him and he wasn't even their D.C. I like the hire. Yeah. That was my question. I just like I like the hire. I like it. I want to agree. All right, Rob. All right, so wait, Rob. So you had other before we get all sports. Before we get all sports, you had other tidbits about the Oscars. I want more. I want more. Uh, no, I don't have any other Oscars. Damn stuff. It. I just mm-hmm. all we did in entertainment was Oscars. There were some other stories. Uh, uh, and entertainment we're going to talk oh, about. I, uh, that's what first, I want. I want more. Um, uh, I don't know. We, I mean, we got, we're, I was kind of rolling with, uh, I was in a 
sports mode at this point. But, Damn, uh, no, I'll so what do you want to get? Deflategate? I can stay there. Let's go Deflategate. Rob, all right, how sick is Deflategate? All right, here's... I'm going to give, like, all aspects of this. Oh, a younger Mitch Rogers witnessed... And, Rob, I live with you when I went and saw the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the New England Patriots. It was the basically the when christening of Tom Brady. When you should have been against the Raiders. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tuck rule was the week before. Uh-huh. That game left me in shreds. Didn't think about anything cheating. It was that was just a weird weird game anyway. It didn't matter. But Rob, I've actually seen one of the games or that are in I've been been at a game where they are accused of like cheating in the most ultimate world, like the championship game of your profession. Like mm-hmm. whether it's the Super Bowl or if it's your of your league. And I will say this. He has been punished, Bill Belichick, for, I mean, blatantly watching people steal signs. Yeah. They have done that through the history of the game. So I'm not saying you can take championships away, and I'm not saying you give Steelers the, the game. But they're doing that it wasn't in the, the game. Yeah, the but championship but games. What, 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 what I'm, yeah, exactly. Like, Bill Belichick takes advantage of the fact that this sport is so different from Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball, if you sniff and get caught on any, or like a sneeze on anything, yeah. like any rule, you're vilified. Football doesn't matter. You can get caught with steroids. You can come back. You're fine. You're going to be voted in the Hall of Fame. It's okay. In Major League Baseball, no. it's not the same thing. No, it isn't. And it's- Baseball and football are so different. And in this case... It kind of weighs in a little bit, but you have the fact that Bill Belichick has already been, you know, like fined as whatever seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for uh, the Spygate situation. Yeah. But Rob and Noodle, what I'm arguing with you. In the meantime, you've had a situation in New Orleans when you've had coaches suspended for an entire year. Absolutely. And whether or not we think deflate a gate is that big of a deal, especially when, you know, LeGarrette Blunt runs for 130 and 5 or whatever the hell he did. But that was, he got a lot of that later. You know, they they were passing a lot early. They passed in the first half. So how many, like, passes where Andrew Luck was slightly off and the receiver couldn't quite grab it, you know, and that would kill a drive? I'm with you. I... I that might I have think been a competitive game. Precedence, they're not going to take the Super Bowl away. No, but but what he's okay about as far as far as like the Andrew Luck turn uh, of it. Now, this is how I understand it: is that uh, is that um, okay? The Indianapolis Colts had a dozen of their own balls that would be put into play any time that Andrew Luck and their offense would be playing. Right. That New Orleans has a dozen balls that they play with when Tom Brady and their offense is on the field. And then there's a dozen extra balls provided by the home field team should there be any issue. So it should not have affected 
uh, Andrew. We're not talking about it affecting Andrew Luck when he's throwing the ball, like it's taking gas no, out of him. But this, yeah, but the, we're, we're no, he's at a disadvantage because his ball is harder and harder to and harder to grip. So his, he can't have the right. same touch Tom Brady can have on his passes because he can well, grip the ball yeah. a little better. So hit that one to Boom Heron where he kind of floated a little far and Boom couldn't quite get his grip on it. And then the next drive, uh, Tom Brady seems to float one right down to Shane Vereen and he catches one, you know. It's like exact same play, but Tom Brady's works and Andrew Lux didn't because it was just a little bit off, you know, to kill the drive. uh, So that's that's a thing, you know, that makes it a 14-7 game right then. Yeah, two aspects uh, that I heard today, uh, one by Mark Brunel and one by Damon uh, Heward, uh, who actually used to back up uh, Peyton Manning. The, uh, there's two ways of, like, people. There are actually quarterbacks who inflate the over-inflate plate the balls. But, like, the oh, they Rogers. take it to the maximum. Brett, Rogers Brett does. Favre, there's uh, a pound of fluctuation. Rodgers were known for that, like, over-inflating the ball so they can get extra heat on it. And there's two... Uh, you know, you know, there's all sorts of different like mechanics that quarterbacks can use, like deliveries and sidearms and over tops and stuff. But in the actual grip on the football, it comes down to there are quarterbacks who like to rely with a lot of finger grip, a lot of like heavy uh, top-handed finger grip, and that uh, is the likes of like uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, well, and, uh, did you and hear the Brad Rogers. Johnson there story? There are a lot of quarterbacks who like yeah. to really dig a foam into and get a good grip. And Peyton Manning is, I mean, I'm sorry, Tom Brady is one of the most famous ones who, you know, from the tuck rule, from all the pumping, fake pumping he does, he likes to ride his thumb down into the ball so that he can pull the ball back when he doesn't want to deliver it. And that, that is what he really likes. It's really to give him... He's kind of sacrificing being able to put the ball greatly downfield just to be able to have an extra grip on that ball to make some shorter touch passes, but also to be able to pull it back and hold on to the ball. Yeah, so if he has better touch on the ball than Andrew Luck, how do you think well, his no, passing game is going no, to right, so, right, so, I mean, This conversation can happen in, in fair weather when we're talking about whether the, who cares what the quarterbacks yeah. consider their best grip. This literally, and, and, and no question about it in my mind, is... Stacking the deck. No, the wide receivers being able to catch and squeeze the ball. This isn't about the, the, the quarterbacks being able to throw oh, the ball. It's they about can throw both. the ball. They, they, if, if it's overinflated, they throw it with more velocity. If it's underinflated, they have a little better grip. This is about the wide receivers and the running backs being able to also hold the ball the whole way. Like Garrett Blunt being able to do whatever he wants because he can squish the damn ball in his hand and just hold it as hard as he can. Yeah. If you play with under, it, it's about the person catching and receiving the ball. It's every I, aspect more importantly though. to me than the wide, than, than the quarterbacks. Because Robin, Robin, with you, like Aaron Rodgers said no. In this situation, I would take an overinflated ball over this. And I think Tom Brady wouldn't care either. He As long as it's not slick when it's flying off his finger. I think this is more. They're not throwing the ball like I mean, they're they're like a power. They've converted into a power running team. They're running the ball thirty plus times per game. Like they're not as dependent upon throwing the ball deep downfield. You know, so yeah, it does uh, it, it does benefit a running back when he's holding on to the ball that he can get a little bit of well, better grip, especially in such cold weather. But yeah, but like, uh, but, but, but like, yeah. but 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 with New England though, it's so funny. Like 
I like it. I love it. Because How does Bill, the NFL no, hold up. This is Bill Belichick. The master of Bill Belichick is that we just said We're gonna test he's it. a run-first team. A week ago, the guy threw like 40 or 49, 50 passes. This week, he he ran a bunch of times. You don't know what he's going to be. He's no. going to go into the Super Bowl and be like a run or whatever team. He's just he's just phenomenal. What he is, though, is a cheat. And is I will say it cheat. first. Yeah. He's a cheat. Whether or not it has led directly to Super Bowls or whatever, it has legacy times. is in question, Rob. And Noodle, what happens right now? I don't think the penalty is going to be like this Super Bowl. So he might get something next year. Imagine do you, do you if think it the, should be as much as what Sean Payton got? Do you guys think he should get a year? Imagine if the ball boy cracks. The ball I, boy cracks and says Bill Belichick and Tom Brady told me to do this. What happens then? Well, he didn't do that. No, you know the no, evil. But, or, who, you know it was Imagine Belichick. if the ball, the ball boy who cracks and says Tom Brady told me to do this. Suspend Tom guy. Brady for a year. Be like, boom, you're done for a year. He's the fall guy. Yeah. What do you guys think? Belichick gone for a year. If this he's is the most wanted man right now, the the equipment guy for the Patriots. He's the most wanted man right now. He's a fall guy. Well, I, I think it's not on par with like the the, the bounty gate. And I, I love how it just to, like, is. It's on like the end of like every uh, uh, every issue now. But uh, we're talking about something that was like directly involving like uh, players' health, where they were like targeting players and stuff. Uh, regardless to who was really involved with that and how deep that really went, I think that was a bigger deal. But we do have a culture of cheating now uh, uh, in the NFL with Bill Belichick, who was the longest tenured coach and the most successful uh, franchise over the past like decade and a half uh, in New England. Uh, and, and last time with uh, Spygate, um, what we saw is they, they fined them five a half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, which is one of like it's like the stiffest penalty that had been imposed, you know, to a player or a coach uh, at that time. Uh, and uh, loss of a first-round draft pick. Uh, now, a loss of a first-round draft pick should be a big deal, but we're talking about a team that is a perennial contender who was picking at the end of the first round anyway. Uh, uh, I think that, um, I think that you know, I don't think that it's necessarily what he's doing in Spygate or in Deflategate or whatever you want to call it that mm-hmm. is, is going to determine that he should be uh, suspended or not be on the sideline. I just think that it's because it's a habitual offender uh, that you yeah. see. I think that you've fined this guy half a million dollars and he's taken first round draft pick away from him and it hasn't hurt him. He is an egotistical type person, okay? He's not going to want to ha- hand over the reins to anybody. If you gave him the same type of punishment uh, that you gave Sean Payton, okay, and he has to be away for a certain amount of time and he can't even come in uh, to the building, he can't have contact with his players, and he has to hand the reins over to somebody else, uh, uh, whoever that is, Sean, or whoever the offensive coordinator, whoever he has to hand it over to. It's your uh, boy. That's your boy. I think that's going to hurt his uh, ego, more than anything, okay? Taking money away from him, taking uh, first-round draft picks, which are really second-round draft picks away from him, I don't think it's going to hurt him. But if you remove him and he has to hand the reins away and he has to sit back and watch a couple weeks while his team loses without him or even worse, wins without him, I think that's a way to really get at him. And I think that if this is a guy who is one of the most successful coaches at this point, it's sad because 
you almost have to consider, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, you almost have to consider, like, in times in the future to come. You know, it's, it, it, we're, it, this, he, this is the greatness that we're seeing, cheater or not. And it's going to be documented cheater. one way or another. But when he walks away with uh, four uh, or more uh, Super Bowl uh, victories, you have to start thinking about, ultimately, is this, do we need to, is this the Lombardi trophy or is this the Belichick trophy? Hey, you know, you know, and this is a weird, I want to go off, off topic real quick. All right, so they got three championships real quick, real quick. Real quick, real quick. Sorry, that's my drink. That's my drink. 2004. They haven't had one since. And as a... They've had a cakewalk of, of a division. Oh, so cake, always, I, I, I'm, I'm with that. The so cakewalk of a division. They're always in the playoffs. They're always in the playoffs. And they can always get there. No, no question their brilliance. The three championships you can't deny. There are oh you can deny no 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 I'm not trying to go I'm not going negative style I know you're going negative style I am saying that like kind of with the Atlanta Braves where you have so many division championships you're just on top of the AFC world each year in and out does that put them on par already with the San Francisco 49ers the other dynasties, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, are they there or do they have to win considering they've had a decade of futility? Like a, a decade, decade where they cannot win the big one with supposedly the best coach and the best quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, we're talking about the NFL where, you know, being being perennial like contender is is – the toughest thing in the world, like being able to repeat is even tougher. Like they were talking about somebody who for for the last 15 years has consistently been in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they, they, it, 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 whenever they miss, they don't miss by a whole lot. I mean, only once. This, 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 this is the strongest, this is the strongest franchise. Ever. I mean, in, in I, I think that his, Bill Belichick's run definitely in New England is the strongest in the, in the history of the NFL, yeah, they, they are the they are the legacy team. Like honestly, I, you can't do it at this point, and I kind of said it jokingly. But twenty years from now, unless something really shakes it up, it's not it, 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 it's not the Lombardi Trophy anymore. It is the Belichick Trophy. No, it'll never be that. Well, I know, I know, it won't be. And in, in... For, for, for a coach with four Super Bowl victories with one team. Or more. I mean, I'm saying like, oh yeah, right, that's right. pretty big. No, and especially and especially in this era, the way they've been able to somehow stay together in an era where you're not supposed to be able to keep a nucleus and give credit to Brady, and also give I mean, yeah Brady, the, the, I give it credit to. No, but, but but Belichick, you know, they've survived with like, I mean, in his early days with, with the receivers that he had. Or there wasn't any. Like, he, he has never. They've always like, done defense, and they've been a well-coached team. They've yeah, always been always, but they've always been like devious. So yeah, they're always doing. I, and to your point, so Rob, to your point, this I mean, this illustrates the point more than anything well, else. Like the Ravens, how they, they would are, check in for ineligible. That's fine. Like, the Ravens aren't aren't considered cheaters, and I don't care what any of us think about it. It diminishes their legacy, and it, it does. does Stink, yeah. but I don't. 
I do believe that Belichick brings it on himself because he actually cheats. Because they will go beyond the rules of the game and purposely do it and be like, oh, well, we got caught. The legacy yeah. might matter, Finally. but it doesn't matter coming up in two weeks. And so last week we witnessed what was the worst AFC championship game, but in the NFC championship game, it was uh, pretty phenomenal, especially uh, if you're a Seattle. And I Seahawks think Seattle fan. should should win. They I should, think Seattle's they, they should dominate the Patriots with their defense. I don't know. Even I, injured and I, everything. I, I, they can get a pass rush on Brady. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not they with you there. They can stop the run. I'm not with you there. I'm not with you there. The Seattle-Green Bay game last week. I mean, they held... Was, Incredible. Yeah. We can't. We, you don't pounce on that at all. We've, yeah, we've, we're, we're, we're coming around check. like six days later. The State of the Union's already happened, so everybody knows what happened in that game. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks prevail in some crazy, crazy fashion. I don't, you know, like Andrew, like the or, most. Like I would love to have had a show like the next day because that would have been crazy. Russell Wilson Everyone's is not going to be that bad in the Super Bowl. He's not. I don't know about that. That's my. That is my whole. Contention. <laughs> That's your point. Yeah, yeah. He the Seattle could be. Seahawks versus the best quarterback in the world in New England, and Tom Brady, in a defense that knows how to do its thing. And I honestly, for the first time in my life, I am going to look at this game as my barometer for who is the better quarterback between Tom Brady. And Peyton Manning. And I know it sounds stupid, but they're both going to be in the same situation with a stellar defense. And I want to see how Tom Brady reacts to this defense in the highest pressure situation. And I may allow that to determine a lot of who I think is the better quarterback. Because right now I'm leaning so far Tom Brady... Because I, I don't think care. Cam don't, Chancellor can cover no, I'm Gronkowski. Just, I'm just saying, like in that in that fight, I'm saying like between Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning, like I'm so Tom Brady just because of what you do in the with the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it a little bit like that, Rob, and I'm also looking at New England and Tom Brady to handle it way better than Peyton Manning, and me to think that Tom yeah. Brady is the best quarterback maybe of all time. After this game, he has to prove it. If he doesn't win this one, Rob, what do you think is going to happen? You're Seattle. You love Seattle. They should have lost. You know that. They know they can't fuck with the balls. They know they can't videotape the opponents. They know they can't. Rob, do they shrink their balls? Uh, I don't know who, uh, who the 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 Seahawks. No, I'm saying do the do the Patriots shrink the Seahawks' balls? No, we were saying you. We know uh, you love uh, you love you love the Seahawks. We're wa- we've been watching it in social media, and no, I don't love the Seahawks. I like Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, the Seahawks have be- definitely been one of the bigger uh, adversaries of the Redskins you know, over the past decade or so, um, and most recently being blamed for uh, the final uh, straw injury on. RG3 when it was really the Ravens uh, a couple weeks before that. But, uh, no, I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, who's a Virginian, a Virginia boy like me. Uh, I I loved him in college, and I liked seeing him go to Wisconsin and 
do so uh, good there, and I liked you know him coming to the. Uh, I thought he was underappreciated for being undersized uh, uh, coming into the NFL, and I just like the the way that he carries himself. And uh, uh, this is a dude who, uh, win or lose, is uh, in the uh, uh, goes to the children's uh, hospital every Tuesday. And there's a lot of work there, and it's not so much in it for the celebrity. And he doesn't, it's not like he just shows up once and, and does it and takes a bunch of pictures. It's a, he's a like, real honest, like, good uh, person. And uh, I like to see people like that who do good things, who really deserve uh, yeah. victory and good things that they come to them, as opposed to, like, uh, people who are, like, you know, accused of uh, beating their girlfriends or raping girls at bars. Or uh, just you know somebody who you can be proud. He does seem like the beacon of good with that team. But I would be proud for my kid to wear a Russell Wilson jersey, and I can't say that about a lot of other players in the NFL. You don't wouldn't want him to wear Richard Sherman. For sure, for sure. Yeah, probably not. And and I don't even say Richard Sherman like went to Stanford, and he's a really smart dude. It's just the attitude that he. And he hasn't done anything illegal, you know, but it's just the attitude that he portrays, the intimidating type attitude. It works for on-the-field type antics and stuff, but when it bleeds over into, like, that's not what I want my kid to see, and I don't want my kid to have that attitude when he's out playing sports. Uh, but but I, I like Russell Wilson a lot, and this is somebody who is not a real emotional dude and doesn't show a lot of emotion. And I know a lot of people are, like, making fun of him breaking down on the sidelines and stuff. Or breaking down in that game. There's one dude who doesn't have yeah. bad games. And he did yeah. have one bad game there, and I still want it. He's not going to have a bad game in the Super Bowl. I think that this is going to be a good Super Bowl matchup. I honestly would have liked to have seen the Indianapolis Colts and Seattle uh, matchup, but I think it's good that, you know, this is a big, a big it's name. It's a better game this on. way, yeah. Uh, but I no, the two best teams made it, I agree. With, uh, with uh, Andrew Luck and uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, but I, I think that would have been a more of a contentious type game. I think Seattle's going to win, no doubt. I don't think that the defense, defense is what wins championships. I agree. And even with the injuries uh, to Earl Thomas and uh, Sherman, uh, the defense just uh, so, – So Pete Carroll was considered a cheater in college and has moved to the NFL. No, They've just oh, never yeah. been busted. Oh, I've, They've oh, had a bunch of PEDs and you know, stuff like that. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's a battle of the cheaters. We're going to get into it next, next Cheater week. eight. But I will I will go and, and, and I love our Virginia boy, but that's the Achilles heel the of this of the team. Bowl. It's the Achilles heel of this team. Tom Brady and the boys are going to win this Super Bowl matchup. I will explain it to you all next week. We're going to get the total beatdown. Quick break. Come right back. UFC has been all over like the major headlines, Rob. We're going to come back, discuss them all. we back right after this. Bitch, nigga, what? You get stuck. My trigger figures it's a yes of fuck. Truck jewels. jewels. Cruising in the land, pumping cash rules. Last crew to one and quarter hundred trying to pass through. So who the next to get it? T.S. the best that did it. Get it off your chest, kid, admit it. And it's yeah, and you don't stop. 20 shot clock with the cop killers fiddler to the top. Yeah, and you don't stop. Joey cracks the rock and Big Pun keeps the guns cocked. Yeah, and you don't Ha, <laughs> ha, 
I like I like bringing in intros where just noodle just talks. <laughs> Welcome back to the session. We're live. We're gonna give you total beat down. Noodle has a microphone that it's is amazing. a microphone. I don't even he doesn't have, have to hold the I mic to, to do anything. Face. We can actually hear you. you. Just it's so weird. <laughs> the fact that we can hear Noodle. And it, all it took was a stationary microphone that you couldn't take a mic and put it to your mouth I, and talk into it. No, give me that other mic. I'll hold it the same No, no, no. I don't want you, you to spite us. Me. You will not hear me. I'm getting good feedback that they'd love to hear the noodle. And if you want to talk to the noodle, <laughs> give him 347-838-8764. Total Town is coming up next. UFC, mixed martial arts in general, being like... I like consumed with great fights, but also consumed with stupid stories and stupid cocaine allegations from John Jones and marring fights everywhere. I'll yeah. bring in Rob Reagan, Rex. Rex Kelly. He's just co-host, but I like to bring him in for total beat down. It's like the, the man with mixed martial arts. Rob, are you mad that John Jones is? story is like overshadowing like what is actually a good few weeks and good few months and year of mixed martial arts uh yeah sure it's uh uh that's kind of even old news at this point other than like his mom coming out and saying and outing him for uh leaving uh the uh rehab facility after only, only staying only one night and then he was actually at the uh the uh, Indian, he was at the Deflate Gate game, the uh, Patriots uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts game, where both of his players, I mean, both of his brothers were playing on opposing teams. Um, but uh, yeah, but I don't know, it, it, it is, it is kind of old at this point. There's lots of stuff going on in MMA and UFC. Uh, a big uh, thing before I forget, uh, in the last couple minutes here, uh, of of uh, TBD, the uh, UFC is coming to Virginia to the Patriot Center. They've announced uh, April fourth they will have a UFC fight night uh, live at the Patriot Center um, in Fairfax, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, featuring. Uh, they have announced a couple of the fights: uh, Timothy Johnson with a record of eight one two with two on Shamil Abdulmalov. Uh, with a record of 15 and 2. There's a female fight, Lauren Murphy, with a record of 8 and 1. She's going to take on Liz, the girl, Willa Carabouche, with a record of 9 and 5. Uh, Michael Chasia is going to be fighting uh, Mitch Clark. Uh, Chasia uh, won a, a former uh, Ultimate uh, uh, Tough competition uh, to get into the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, to get into the UFC. Dustin Portland and Poirier with a record of 16 and 4, fighting Carlos Diego Ferreira with a record of 11 and 1. And then the Akumi uh, event, Bobby Green with a record of 23 and 6, taking on Jorge Masvidal with a record of 28 and 8. And then the main event, Chad Money Mendez with a record of 16 and 2, taking on Ricardo Lamas with a record of 15 and 3. Uh, we got to get tickets to this one, fellas, and, uh, Go and uh, have the session represent at the Patriots Center. Can't get much more local. The UFC is basically not going to come any closer to the, than that for us. So we should check that out. That's uh, in a month to come, April 4th. So mark that on your calendars. Uh, we've had a couple of recent uh, great fights. The month of January uh, was quite action packed with uh, 
the Jones Cormier Court on January 3rd, followed by uh, this past uh, weekend, uh, the 18th, we had the uh, UFC fight night uh, with uh, McGregor. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Dennis Seaver. Uh, Conor McGregor looks to be everything that he says that he is, that we've seen so far in the UFC. This guy is on an incredible tear, uh, record 17-2. and two. Uh, he's won every fight since coming in the UFC. Right now, he's on a five-fight win streak in the UFC. Uh, he uh, he's really he's a really good striker. Uh, he really just hasn't fought a good grappler yet. Uh, Dennis Seaver's more of a kickboxer uh, and really, you know, managed to be a uh, great uh, kind of stepping stone for uh, Conor McGregor, who has basically launched himself into a title fight versus Jose Aldo. Uh, he literally jumped out of the cage after the fight and jumped down into the audience to go after Jose Otto. It was kind of a very yeah, strange thing. Almost the, the people around him kind of scattered <laughs> as if a monster had gotten out of a cage, but Jose Otto just kind of smiled. Uh, uh, but, you know, he, Jose Otto had been uh, kind of calling him a joker and kind of disrespecting him leading up to it. Uh, but there's a lot of people in the sport who think that he's kind of had an unfair rise, uh, and they've kind of given him, every once in a while the UFC gets faulted for kind of giving the fighter a stepping stone uh, way up. Uh, but he, he's an excellent striker, and uh, uh, I think the fight between him and Jose Otto will be uh, a, an interesting one. Donald Cowboy Cerrone on this card uh, comes away with a controversial, but yet no, unanimous cool. decision victory over Benson Henderson. This was a fight that looked kind of evenly uh, matched. Henderson had uh, some, some takedowns. It, it uh, it was kind of a back and forth. Uh, Cowboys were only taking this fight on like less than two weeks, like notice to turn around from his previous fight. Uh, but he wins uh, the fight over Benson Henderson. That was the third time in its first victory over Benson Henderson. Uh, Uriah Hall, uh, who was a big name on the Ultimate Fighter, but lost to Kelvin Gastelum in the finals, uh, has been a big acquisition to the UFC. Uh, he wins. He actually beats by a TKO stoppage. Ron Stallings. Now, Ron Stallings is from uh, Capitol Heights, Maryland, and uh, you may, we have actually, or I have, and you may have been there too much, seen him fight locally on uh, some of, one of the cards in, like, Pucker County. Oh, uh, man, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, fights out of uh, Team Lloyd Irvin, and uh, oh, wow. uh, I'm having a baby cry in the other room if anybody hears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so Uri Hall, and then after that, he, uh, Uri Hall goes out on a date with J-Lo, so... Uh, what? That's pretty interesting. What? Yeah. Uh, Casal Pindred, uh, controversial decision over Sean Spencer. Gleason Tebow uh, wins a split decision over Norman Park. Uh, and uh, so a really busy January is only in the UFC is only going to continue uh, this weekend, January 24th. We have UFC on Fox 14. Uh, Gregor Masasi is going to be fighting Dan Henderson. Phil Davis taking on Ryan Bader. Uh, and then the main event, Alexander Gustafson is going to be fighting Anthony Rumble Johnson. This is uh, yeah. for the number one contender to fight uh, the champion, John Jones. Uh, this is going to be a great fight. Alexander Gustafson, uh, record 16-2, definitely has one of those losses, is in a title fight uh, to John Jones, which was a unanimous decision, but... A lot of people really felt, including myself, that, that Gustafson had won that fight. Uh, it was a really controversial decision, uh, but he definitely gave 
John Jones more trouble than anybody has in the octagon. And he's going to be taking on, on one of my favorite fighters, Anthony Rumble Johnson, who's been coming back to the UFC and moving up to like heavyweight uh, division. Has really looked uh, like it, it's the most fitting division for him. Uh, he is on a two fight. He's won both of his fights since coming back to the UFC. Uh, of course, Mitch and I, we saw him fight Phil Davis uh, live in Baltimore where he yes. won a unanimous yeah. decision victory, mm-hmm. and he most recently uh, KO'd Antonio Rogero Rio Nogueira uh, at UFC Fox uh, 12. Uh, but this guy, Anthony Rumble Johnson, you know, he, he left the UFC, and, and since leaving the UFC, He's on an eight-fight win streak now, two of those fights in his return uh, to the UFC. Uh, he just looks like uh, you know, either of these guys are going to be an exciting contender uh, for John Jones. I'd really like to see the Alexander Gustafson fight, uh, fight him again. But Anthony uh, Johnson would be exciting as well. Uh, so we got to watch that fight uh, this week in January 24th. Yeah, Robin, and then we'll, uh, he looks we'll to... thick. Yeah. yeah, Robin, it seems like, you know, like with Phil Davis and Ryan Bader, it's like, and then when it goes down, it's like, that's kind of where the suspense is over. Like, the Phil Davis and Ryan Bader fight is great. And uh, Musasi and Henderson, that's going to be fantastic. But I'm with you. Yeah, Gregor Musasi, a record of 35, 5, and 2. Dan Henderson, 30, and 12. These guys have... 65 uh, wins between the two of them. Jaeger um, Masasi, incredible uh, fighting style, uh, fighting out of the Netherlands. Um, this is a guy who trains with uh, Fedor. Uh, uh, and then, of course, Dean Henderson, just a longtime uh, MMA veteran, uh, still fighting in the UFC um, at 44 years of age. So, uh, uh, great! This is going to be a great fight. This is going to be an incredible card to watch free uh, on Fox. So we'll definitely have to check this one out and uh, get back and talk about it uh, next mm-hmm. week. Because then to close out yeah. the month of January, uh, we have um, January 31st. I believe that's the day, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. UFC always puts on a big card. That is the night of UFC 183. Uh, is which weekend. is going to feature the return of Anderson Spider Silva. Uh, oh, also, dude. Kelvin Gastium, the winner of uh, the Ultimate Fighter, where uh, Uriah Hall was competing. He uh, has a record of 10 He's undefeated. He's going to be fighting Tyron uh, Woodley. Uh, this is a 170-pound matchup. Uh, Joe Lozon t- taking on Al Iaquinta. Uh, Tim Bosch uh, fighting Tally's Leite. I love Tim. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Misha Tate is going to be fighting Sarah McCann. This is going to be a great card uh, for the night before um, the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Derek Brunson fighting Ed Short Fuse Herman. That's not the uh, night before, we got the main event. Anderson Spider Silva returns to the octagon after a year away to take on uh, Nick Diaz, also now, returning to the octagon. Oh, but, These are two of the big names hey. in the UFC returning, so it's going to be a great fight. So it's not the, it like so the the Super Bowl is like February first. It's like the week before. Yeah, right. This little dude. Like, I, all right. I, I've, I've told you all my story. No, this is the Jan, this is January thirty first. This is the night. Before. Oh, the thirty first. Sweet. Okay, yeah. it's the twenty fourth. All right. The last time I saw the twenty fourth is the fight that's tomorrow. The, 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 that's the Alexander Gustafson fight. That's oh, I love this it. Weekend. Yeah, they. That's what I was going to say. They always do one right before. 
with the Anderson Spider Silva. 90 seconds. I showed my family the fight. I told you all this last year on the podcast. I had like 20 Rogers members, and he broke his leg in there. Rob, like, like, what's this? Like, do you think he comes back to full force, and he's like the same guy he was before? What, what, what's like the Vegas odds? What's, what's like the inclination of what he's going to be like? Well, you know, both of these guys have had time outside of the UFC, and they're going to be returning uh, to fight. But of course, Anderson Silva is coming from that devastating uh, injury he suffered uh, in the title fight against uh, Matt Weidman, but uh, when his leg broke, and you know, it's sort of kind of turned around for that. I think it's more the psychological aspect, having gone through such a horrific uh, event in the octagon. But I've seen some of his video of his, him training, and the leg is, let me tell you, the leg's not a problem. Uh, it, it, it's back. He's training, like, super hard. As a matter of fact, he, people are claiming that he's, like, like training too hard. Uh, there was a video going around where he uh, knocked a, a, a training partner out and then was sh- striking him when he was on the ground. And a lot of people were kind of saying it was malicious. Uh, but but for what it, for what it's worth, anyway, it looks like he's ready to go. Uh, but this is going to be a great great fight, dude. We did another one. We did another show. Ten seconds. How, how many weeks in a row has there been inclement weather? <laughs> it's been like four weeks in a row. The winter shall stop, and the show shall continue. Next week, Rob, the trivia continues. The trivia this week. Me and Noodle, or Noodle and I, and whom and Noodle, however you will ever, started in first to place whom? and we lost to whom every other team was. And we finished like fifth out of seventh. Wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. To another edition of the session, we leave you with this. Rob, thank you very much for calling in. After a lot of snow, again, for like the fourth week in a row, snow happening again. Rob, thanks, man. Yeah, peace. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Next week, the session. For the love of cream, it's nothing but routine. Swing on the judge, take a couple for the team. He's the young Capone. He grew up in the drug home. Stranded on the ad with the blood in his gun shown. A miracle could save us from the travesty that we've become from a million suns standing as one we will overcome overcome Yo, a live scene theme from a godfather saga or Martin Scorsese classic and I'm the author Crime at the opera, crime story novel, tuxedo suited silence on the nozzle, meeting place scheduled at the Broadway musical Bravo, we arrive in Bulletproof limo, Jocko, the underboss of our main source of interest, the black widow, cocaine empress, a princess rich from our family's inheritance. Now let's talk business. Begin by addressing the bricks that was missing in the last shipment. At first, everything nice, everything will change. Jock's line up the food. With the cream, but on this day he wasn't ready in my guard since King. I noticed that his normal firm handshake shook it wasn't steady when he squeezed.
relates to a king out of a life of rubbish wearing tailor-made suits sky dwellers and clusters to perfection rags the riches the evil the influence that pushed them off the edge they said the greed made them do it on my right hand damn we fucked the trust up it's ruined niggas caught him sliding on his belly i'm gripping on my hammer with the silence and twisted contemplating murder now i'm about to swerve up my biscuit but it's my man at the same time i don't want to do it. he violated broke a major cold ball which was stealing now it's over in the falls of niagara he was soaking with a shell case stuck in his head they found them floating Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.